fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. Yesterday, we're, we're, we're up a little late. Yesterday was like a 15 beer day, and today was a, like a normal work day. Oh, that's a hard turn. And now it's late. Yeah, that's a hard turnaround. So I'm doing well, but I'm 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 like a little thin. Yeah, just dragging a little bit, just a touch. But Sorry. no, I'm I'm really good actually. I'm good. It's been a good day. It was a good weekend. It was a a productive weekend. Super fun. And as you know, 15 beer days where you are completely functional the entire time are usually good days. They're always a good day. Yeah, yeah. Because you're doing something fun. You're like yeah. grilling. You're playing golf. You're doing something where it's socially and like morally appropriate to be drinking a beer at 8 a.m. Because <laughs> when to have 15 <laughs> beers in a day and remain functional, you got to start between like eight and nine. Yeah, correct. Correct, Amundo. But yeah, I'm doing Maybe really well. Maybe even earlier. But <laughs> it, it, Andrew, how are you doing? I am good. It was a little bit of a weird weekend. Sam was out of town, so I was solo with the kids for my weekend. They were with her parents for the normal weekend. So it's just a little bit of an unusual weekend having... Sam being gone, the kids kind of gone and then back and but it good. Yesterday I made some ribs, two racks on the on the smoker because mm-hmm. that's what the kids wanted. Mm-hmm. Delightful. So I'm good, you know. Weather's been a little weird. I got no complaints. Very little going on in my life right now. Just the way to do it, man. Mm-hmm. And, and but today you have something going on in your life because we're talking about watches and drinking beer. And we've got a repeat guest. I always like these episodes. I always like these episodes, especially one like this, where we had someone on in the infancy Mm -hmm. of their watch project, whatever that may be. And then to several years later, come back, revisit the issue, have this person on now grizzled from the industry more experienced, knows what's actually happening, has seen the sausage made, has in fact made, made. the sausage. Uh, it's always a fun show. So yeah. without further ado, I would like to introduce once again. To welcome back. To welcome back. Ken Lamb, owner, designer, CEO, <laughs> perhaps even the founder not to intimidate anybody of Ark and Watch Company, Ken Lamb. Ken, how are you? Uh, hi, guys. I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Super good. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, uh, of course. And, and Ken, you reached out to us. We talked about your new release that was just announced, what, in the last two weeks? Yeah, it was... The announcement was uh, June 1. And you reached out to us and said, hey, guys, I've been messaging you on your Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is now primarily monitored by a uh, drug addict. (laughs) Or perhaps just unmonitored. I mean, that that is the worst thing about that page is that it just exists. You can send it messages. You can talk to it. You can you can tag it. It sure as shit better don't be talking back though, because if it is, <laughs> we have problems. 
And that will be the status of that page for forever, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. It may get purged at some point. I don't know how that works, but... I have been messaging it, like, like going way back. Like, I'd sent messages to it, like, a long time ago. You're like, these but guys then I are reached out to you. dicks. Yeah. The 40 and 20... Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. The 40 and 20 guys just... <laughs> he he still thinks it. <laughs> like, did I do something wrong? Like, did I say something wrong in the last episode, or... Yeah. Not at all. We just ghost people now. Yeah. That's the thing that we we're known for, actually. Glad we connected. I don't know how you made the connection, but I am glad. I am glad we connected. I think Ken, I'm going to, for the benefit of the audience at home, Ken is drinking, I believe, tea out of a frothing pitcher. Um, well, it's, it's like, um, it's, it's one of those like metal, Okay. okay, so that's actually Camping a metal mugs. I, it looked to like me, a metal mug. It looked to me like a frothing pitcher. I, I agree. All right. On just like the motion through, I was like, that that's an interesting choice. Man, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a whole set of them. Yeah, I found it in like a, a charity shop. It was like really, really cheap. It was like 50p. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'd snap that up. That Love sounds it. expensive. Uh, 50, 50p? Yeah, 50p. That's like... That's like, like a dollar, right? Seven dollars American. No, I think it's just the terminology makes it sound expensive, it luxurious, more, yeah, even. more yeah. premium. Yeah. Fifty p is yeah. like Ooh. fifty premium. premium <laughs> <season>. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what like seventy five cents, maybe yeah. sixty five cents. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, fair enough. So not that much money. That's a no, good, no, no, no. Affordable. Yeah, it's like when you go to Mexico and they're like, "That's going to be one hundred and eighty five pesos," and you're like, "Fuck, I'm broke." <laughs> You're like, oh no, I'm good. Oh, here's <laughs> 60 cents. Yeah. So can we had so you reached out to me. We had brought up, I think on the very last episode, we brought up your new release, the mm-hmm. Arkham Alterum, which is we're gonna get into. We're gonna get into, but to say the least, a pretty cool release. I think mm-hmm. both Andrew and I pretty stoked on it, pretty stoked on the design. Pretty stoked on the evolution of of what you've done, starting with the instrumentum and coming here. Um, but yeah, you reached out and said, kind words, guys. I've been trying to get a hold of you for two years, you sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, and, and I asked you to come back on the show, and here you are. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for having me back. Um, yeah, I, I reached out because I was listening to the episode, and it came up, and I was like, Wait a minute! Like I, I've sent you guys a message because I was going to send you the like the press kit before the announcement because I wanted to show you guys, and uh, I was like, so they 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 know I'm still around, so there's got to be some reason for this. So yeah, I searched it on on Instagram, and then two accounts came up, and I was like, oh okay, maybe there's something happening here. So I decided to message the other one, and sure enough, you replied like straight away. So yeah. Maybe here we, we are out. maybe we should pay for the blue check on the one that ex- works yeah i mean if, if somebody has thoughts about what to do about this get getting the account back is is not going to happen but if there's it's got to be some way that we can co- communicate this to people well i mean the other thing is the new page only has like 75 followers and the old one is still like i don't know gaining followers right yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's the right. new one looks suspicious because like there's less followers. Sure. So maybe that's why you're probably getting this kind of move over. 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> lost all the sleep. I'm going to lose over it. Oh no. Yeah. 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 No, it's a good thing. That's liberating. Like I'm done losing sleep over it. So oh, yeah. I, I never lost sleep. <laughs> so let's, yeah, we, we know you didn't. <laughs> So let's talk. So let's talk. So the last time we had you on the show, you had just really announced the instrumentum. You were working on it. Prototypes mm-hmm. had been circulated. You had finalized design and had gone live. You mm-hmm. then sold a bucket load of instrumentums. I think one of the more exciting releases of 2021, both in terms of price, in terms of the audacity of the design. Um, and just what you were doing, I think everybody recognized this is different and it's cool because it's different. It's cool because it's cool and more so because it's different. How did things go with your first production? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I think the the difficult thing was like we were still experiencing the after effects of like COVID. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in 2021, we're still was, like in it. Like we're still yeah, in full yeah, throws well, of supply chain issues and Yeah, yeah. Like like COVID was still very much like a thing. But then by the time that like when I'd announced it, we were still kind of in COVID and stuff. But like by the time we came around to like manufacturing, it was just like kind of really bad timing because like all the after effects, like all the consequence of like factories being closed and this that and the other they'd kind of all kicked in around the time where like i needed the people people to be back to work almost right yeah so so there was just like huge delays on that and then yeah the main thing that kind of like was a delay was producing the bracelets because it was just like the the obviously the demand for for titanium must have gone up or the tooling for titanium requires so many more kind of hands on deck that they just weren't. So that took like twice as long as it was expected. So that was, that was kind of the, the thing that was difficult, difficult about the manufacturer. Um, when you say twice as long, is, is it like the difference between one week and two or the difference between three months and six? Oh, it was between like six months and 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, Cause that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a big difference, right? Oh yeah, yeah. True. True. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was massive. Like, like, uh, you know, and, and kind of going through the same things that, you know, you would have went through with, with Foster, just, just putting everything together, right? Like uh, getting it together, boxing it up. How do, it, how do I order a box? How do oh, yeah, I yeah. design a foam cutout for a box? Like these things yeah. that nobody thinks about. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, yeah, those things just kind of took longer than I'd hoped for, but you know, once, once we got there, like once we had the watches and we, we had the braces and stuff and I could kind of send them out, then, then it was relatively smooth after that. Um, yeah. When you say, yeah, just, when you say we, obviously you mean you, you got a pretty big staff at this point, I think too. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, we got we got a uh, got loads of people. There's, there's the just, dog. There's me, yeah, the, yeah. The dog is like licking all the labels to make sure they go down. And, it's still yeah, a one man no, operation. You're doing it yourself. You're you know yeah. maybe with the help of the occasional loved one. But how has doing what you've done? How has doing this by yourself in practice worked out? Um, not too bad actually. Like I think 
like I'm I'm I quite like sometimes just being able to do kind of busy work and just kind of getting my head down and like work working on stuff. But I think the important thing was that like it enabled me to keep a lot of the costs down for both like obviously for the business but also for the the customer at the end. Because like people were always asking like oh you know I went to a couple like um kind of watch meetups and I've met a few different like watch brand owners since I'd started and they always ask me like how are you selling it at this price when they they know what the costs are like kind of around the you know just in the industry in general and a lot of it comes down to like you know I I I don't have to pay for like a fulfillment center and I don't have to pay for you know these things that accumulate these additional kind of increments on the end product price so so for that I'm quite like I'm okay with it I'm okay with doing that extra work and if it means that people are happy with the product and it keeps me in touch with the product as well because I'm the last person to see it go out the door and and all that sort of stuff so are you doing all your QC or are you is that something that like the one thing you've outsourced to to do like movement QC and and oh yeah so like I've got to leave the professional work mm-hmm. to the professionals in it like you've got to you got to have like watchmakers do their thing and and check over it and make sure all that sort of stuff's running so yeah I don't do that that aspect of it but I'm probably going to be doing more of the QC stuff um kind of the not so much the watchmaking stuff but like parts checking and that sort of stuff because I'm going to go out to to Asia and 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 kind of do all the that stuff myself this time because last time obviously we couldn't we couldn't leave right you couldn't go anywhere right. you, you couldn't invite it there. in yeah sure. yeah yeah so this time I'm I'm going to be able to to do that so tell us a little bit about your experience um you know as i said making the sausage seeing the sausage get made what aspects of taking an idea right we we talked a lot when you were on the first time about your design process um you, you know i'm drawing this piece i'm iterating this piece i'm communicating with the factories about what it needs to look like tell us a little bit about um the things you learned about the production process that maybe surprised you or might surprise people at home? Um, I think the, the, the one thing that surprised me the most, which, you know, in hindsight, I probably could have anticipated, but I've, it's one thing that I've spoke to, again, I spoke to other to brand owners um, and they gave me some great advice and stuff. And one of the things I wasn't expecting about was, and you've mentioned it on your episodes about uh, rejection rate, yeah. right? Like parts rejection rate and and that sort of stuff. And you know, you you kind of realize that sometimes some of the bigger brands and some of the brands that can charge more, aside from the fact that you know they might be able to utilize a factory that has a, a higher cost, it's also that ability to throw stuff away, right? Yeah. Like bigger mm-hmm. brands have the power to be like. They have enough money to be like, yeah, you've made a hundred. Well, a hundred of these aren't good enough, and it's that ability to 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 cut the line and and essentially waste material in in, in a way. Um, and obviously, I wasn't you know I wasn't aware of that. And and uh, you know I've 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 been thankful to to be able to speak to people like you know Wes from Notice, and he's like you know he's a veteran of the space. He knows his stuff. He knows the industry and that sort of stuff. And and he kind of like 
helped me understand that like I'm not the only one in this situation that's kind of like oh you're going through you're going through that this is how you can best navigate it and and that sort of thing so so yeah in in you know in that way one of the things I learned with foster is you, you know you know a you have to be ready for that and B, you just have to get there quicker. There's a lot of these margin cases, right? Where, um, you, you know, one of the things that happened to us, we issued, we shipped a bunch of watches that had clasps that were borderline stiff, hard to open. Some of them worse than others. Um, some of them went to a customer and it was so stiff that you almost needed a tool to break that tension and it's a really easy fix, right? It's just a, a flap of metal that catches a bar with tension and friction. Um, and, and the fix is so easy. You just take a pair of brass, brass pliers and just kind of tweak it back. It, it, it's a really very simple operation, but there were, you know, fights that we had with customers about like, no, this is an easy fix, right? Take it to your watchmaker. Mm -hmm. You can ship it back to us. Uh, we'll pay for mm -hmm. the shipping. Um, but this is not it, being being willing to make those decisions early on, bite the bullet, can ultimately save money, even if it feels like it's going to be an economic hardship early on. Mm -hmm. calling it earlier you know like well we got this problem and we're just gonna eat it right yeah as you early. gotta you gotta learn from it and you gotta learn from it but i think like, like you said at, at this early stage it's it's about being adaptable but also being transparent with the customer and being like look you know this this is a a work in progress it's it's kind of like a growing of of <clears throat> both delivering the product the product itself my interaction with the the end user and all that sort of stuff so yeah you're right like i mean you just have to kind of take it as it comes i guess so looking at the instrumentum um i, I think there's been thousands and thousands of words written about the instrumentum at this point um opinions abound at, like with anything you know i i referred to your design as audacious earlier and i don't think that's a bad word certainly i don't mean in a pejorative sense um <laughs> It, it seems like you definitely have settled on a design language that's r really neat, right? Mm -hmm. and, and certainly that is Arkin's design language. Um, and, and then you've you've evolved that, I think, for your second release, the Alterum. Let's talk. Can can you talk a little bit about what you were aiming to do with the Alterum and and how you how you pulled it off. You know, one of our comments last week was this is an Arkin, right? That's the one thing that you notice immediately mm -hmm. is that it's an Arkin, even though it's not the same watch, there's some similarities that you can pull through the watch, but it's clearly a different watch. That's clearly an Arkin. How did you get there? I think the two the two things that I kind of um, were focusing on was like the first was how can I improve or mitigate or kind of like navigate that manufacture process smoother so that the end product can be more refined. So like that was the, the, the first thing, right? So that requires obviously 
simplification and kind of like the order of assembly and all those sorts of things. And then the second thing was how can I carry over the things that I liked from an aesthetic point of view, but then also have something again, that's a bit more unique that doesn't kind of exist at the price point, like in the way that the instrumentum was when it first came out, there wasn't really that many titanium options. Like there's a lot more titanium options now, even there's, there's loads more now, but um, those were the two kind of uh, the main kind of goals. And then the movement thing was, was just like, me taking again kind of taking a swing in the you know taking a shot in the dark and just seeing how far i could i could run with it and if it worked then i would do it if not then i'd have to kind of start again and and take my time and i think that's one of the reasons why there is such a well it's not a big gap but there's a bit of a gap between obviously the first one and the second one you mean in terms of time yeah in terms of time yeah because obviously that was what september 20 september 2021 um obviously fulfillment took it longer than expected and now we're in 23 and yeah in terms of your design process for the movement because i think that's going to be the thing about this watch that probably gets the most interest peaked is the fact that you took a 9015 uh, a mm. very very common module or a very common movement and incorporated a custom module on that uh, in, in the intervening months since uh, since you breadboarded this i assume uh miota's released their 9075 which yeah. is a, a gmt a very typical sort of run of the mill gmt movement you've obviously stuck with your 9015 your custom 9015 um, uh, go back in time. I, I mean, that is a little bit strange to for a brand the size of Arkin to even attempt this. How did you get it in your head that you wanted to try it, and and how did you stick through that? What what was that like? So I'd kind of had designs for and for and also multiple. like how, and also like how dare you, right? All right. <laughs> so I had um I had multiple designs kind of ready, like already from from you know around the time I was designing the instrumentum anyway. So I knew kind of how I could change the overall architecture to suit different um complications or model styles and, and that sort of thing. And when I'd kind of I'd I'd come across this company that had the ability to kind of like make parts for movements like replacement parts for movements and stuff and i'd spoken to them about you know you know this movement has this type of setup is it possible for these sorts of things to happen and they were like yeah it's possible it, you know it's possible you know these this is you're not you're not inventing a new time traveling complication it's like it, it, mechanically it can make sense right if you can logically put you know gears in perspective the size of those gears the clutches and etc so I started to kind of experiment with that, but this was this was months before even Seiko had announced their yeah. um, mm -hmm. GMT that they did. So I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is going to be a, a, a bit ahead of the the curve in a sense." Um, 
because at the time the only option really for affordable was soprod to use it at like that mass mm-hmm. scale and it's like not that affordable not, yeah yeah it's not yeah it's not um so i said okay let's go down this because yeah the r&d cost will be a lot but the end like module cost will be way more affordable than a soprod movement so i can actually bring a gmt into the space that is going to be more affordable um so i just kind of went down that rabbit hole then when when seiko announced theirs i was like oh no like, <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like oh man this is would have saved me so much time and so much effort but it's okay like theirs is you know it's it's a certain thickness yeah it's like seven seven millimeters thick or something yeah it's you know it's a certain thickness it's it's 24 hour it's a it's a collar it's okay we've got something we've still got something kind of like unique right a couple more months pass boulevard has that miyota one in it and i'm like no (laughs) this is this is more this is even closer to you know um, what people would prefer in a GMT movement, and obviously cost-wise, again, it makes more sense. Um, but I was like, well, I'm already way too far. At that point, when that one was announced, I'd already housed it up and everything, so I already knew that mine worked. I just, it was, it was, it was a case of like committing to it because it's not like I can directly swap in stuff. And I think, thankfully, after I'd shown it to a couple of people and and and, and I explained, obviously the display configuration is still very very different to you know a, a conventional 24-hour gmt um it was different enough for it to not be too much of a of, of a decision in the end because it's like you know it's it looks very different it even though it has the same function it tells it very differently so i think i'll be okay kind of just going down this it's not gonna break the bank in terms of cost per unit so yeah well, You've also already built around it. I mean, when you're talking about exactly, like yeah. you're you're talking about going fully back to the drawing board mm. for everything to change your movement out. Uh, it, it makes perfect sense that you just yeah trucked on. Let's talk. Yeah. A, let's talk a little bit about what it is because I think that it is not immediately apparent, and I think even someone who's maybe read an article about what it is, James Stacy, I think does a pretty good job in his write-up on Hodinkee of kind of talking about it, but I didn't really understand what he was saying until I had read a few other mm. descriptions of it. Um, I can't think of anything else that does quite what this does, but I do think that there are some some movements historically that have done similar things. I can't think of those in an application. So it's a 12-hour GMT, not really a collar, not really a flyer, Hmm. Um, tell tell us tell us about what this is and and how it works. Okay, so if you if you think of like a normal Miyota fifteen, right, which is you know a three hand movement with a date. So the date obviously is pretty straightforward in terms of just relocating it. You've still got um, thirty one teeth on it, but you've now introduced obviously a lever pusher in order to to jump it, which moves it away from the crown operation, right? Sure. So that's that's kind of the first thing to open up a little bit more of like the dial space, right? And then essentially the module is kind of sandwiched between the movement and the dial. Um, and the module itself is kind of like um, 
it's almost like another little plate. Mm. And on that plate, it allows kind of like a second hour hand mount, which is connect, which is then connected to two kind of uh, wheels, which are, are the indicators, right? So what this model is doing is basically giving you a second hour hand, just the second, uh, yeah, second hour hand. But then the way that that second hour hand is mounted, the module has like um, gears and levers in order to kind of lock and release it so you can set it independently. Otherwise, it would just be kind of stiff and, and, and stuck in place. So the only way to really do that with the way that the Miyoto is working is that if you've because the hour hand is operated in one direction, well, both directions of the crown, right? In a normal Miyota mm -hmm. movement, mm. to have the same mount and run on the same kind of gear train, you would have to use the same crown positioning for both, unless you had a lever that could step up and step down, which again is a is a is a complication that would kind of go even further. Um, so what this does is essentially, you would rotate the crown um backwards in order to lock the travel time like the gmt hand in place so you could set the time difference and then when you rotate both when you rotate the hands forward both of them then lock together mm. so you've got them moving kind of in unison so you kind of set your time difference first so if you're you know five hours ahead or three hours behind or whatever you set that first by simply just looking at obviously the markers because it's it's not difficult to do because you're using the same obviously dial track. Mm -hmm. Set the time difference, and then when you're happy with it, just rotate both hands forward, and it's, then it will just move them both into position. You've got some sort of clutch or slip that engages as you turn counterclockwise, or perhaps anti-clockwise as you're over the pond. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And then as you turn forward, they they engage together. Exactly. Yeah. And then the 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 indicator wheels are are, are tied in the same way, so. When you're rotating the when the GMT hand is locked, the right wheel is also locked. Um, and then when you're rotating both the hands forward, both the wheels will move forward. So that's how. Yeah. And not to get too nerdy with it, but from the engineering perspective, <clears throat> is there um, is there a, a, an effect on the torque? of the movement? Does it affect your power reserve? A adding this extra hand does that have ramifications to the basic operation of the 9015 in any sort of appreciable sense um not in any not in any way that's kind of severely impactful of of the movement um because obviously the movement itself is with a 42 hour power reserve it's it's got a lot in the tank anyway yeah, so yeah. And obviously, if you're wearing it, it's not a case of like you run out 42 and then it recharges 42. It's constantly being it refreshes, kind of topped yeah. up. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. constantly being refreshed. So as you're wearing it, that that torque essentially or that energy uh, expenditure is kind of sustained. But then the, the the module itself, it's 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 very simple. Like it's not a it's not overcomplicated. And this and the series of kind of like uh, mechanics to kind of lock and release it, it's not really, it's not really take requ the requirement is not that high. Um, so I think over time, like you know, once this watch has been out for a while, there'll be a you know there'll be more of an understanding in terms of what the long term kind of 
power reserve is, you know, because say maybe Miyota 1915 out of the box might have a 42 hour power reserve, but it doesn't mean it will have a 42 hour power reserve two years down the line if you don't service it right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, those sorts of things, I can't predict those. But as far as like from my experience wearing this so far and that sort of stuff, the wearing time and, and the power reserve is, you know, you, you don't really notice the difference in from 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 my experience. So. And, and you've been wearing a prototype of it, I imagine, for nigh on a year. Um, not not that long. Mm -hmm. I have to be careful because because obviously I can't get it all scratched up and stuff because right. there's only two of these there's only two of these movements in existence. Um so like I've got to be kind of careful with them. Um I keep them I keep them running and I'll check them and, and that sort of stuff but I can't really wear them. I've been dying to kind of just wear it out all the time, but I'll be keeping it on me in like uh, a pouch or something when I've when I've shown people um but yeah uh, i've had it for, for for quite a while a couple other movement questions before we move on so the the first is the first is back to functionality there are these if you've seen photos of the watch there are these two indicators they're ampm indicators and you've got two of them because it's a dual time watch tell us about those tell us about how those work maybe not super nerdy but how how do those work how, how do the how does the the complication work and then how does it actually work um on on the watch yeah so so um obviously when the indicators kind of show white it's daytime for for that the hour that it's relating to so the left is for local so the left is the 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 main hour minute display so if that's white it's am in in that in the time you're in or black pm in the time that you're in and then the obviously the one on the right is tied to or reflects the the gmt hand am and pm so if you're in 8 am and the 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 time you're tracking is 8 pm your two hour hands will be aligned but one indicator will be white and one indicator will be black and the so. gmt hand is the lollipop hand correct yes that is correct so how does that how does that work? How, how did you it, how do you get that to operate? Is it just the, two? The is it just a, wheels? Yeah, just two half discs or? Yeah, yeah, it's essentially just two two uh, two two wheels that are running connected to the same kind of central central uh, hour hand. Um, so it's yeah, they're they're essentially just locked in at the same. So they move with it. It's almost like having four hour hands yeah because they're kind of but but obviously they're all just kind of displaying the same thing they're all just kind of moving in the same direction and so at midnight is there uh half white half black yeah 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 okay yeah 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 so the yeah they kind of like will glide over they they change kind of gradually sure like uh yeah, yeah like yeah. any other sort of did you do like gradient in in those no wheels? no i didn't okay Next that's, time, I mean that's a good idea. Opportunity. I yeah. need to use two uh two very kind of different pillars. I think that that is something that I think would be really interesting to do. Like like, like watermelon, pink and green. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be it's got to be different enough that you could be like, oh, that's the half between AM and PM, it's, and not PM to AM, right? It's dusk. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can do a collab with the studio underdog guys with Rich Bands. 
yeah. He's got he's got a lot of color ideas. That's right. Well, so what's the what's the the motivation for all these layers of stuff going on? Like this, there's a lot happening in just your movement that is all incorporated into the design. What? Why? I think it's just just to to do something different, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of there's a there's there's more micro brands or more small independents kind of every single year now, mm-hmm. right? And like when I did the first watch, it was like a test of concept. It's it's seeing if people could relate to what I'm trying to do, see if people could also appreciate the design language that I feel is aesthetically pleasing. Um but then kind of coming to this next one, it's it's almost like I wanted more people to kind of take it seriously in the sense of like, oh, this is an actual brand now. Like this is mm-hmm. this is a watch that is representative of, of obviously capability, representative kind of the direction I want to take and kind of the mark I want to make in, in the small independent space. Um, and I think only by doing something that is kind of a big risk and and is a, is very much out there can you really achieve that you know um because you i i want to 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 be able to kind of step into those leagues and and for 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 brands that are a lot bigger to okay yeah maybe they they might not have the most kind of respect for for the small micro brands when most of the small micro brands are either creating homages or all that sort of stuff but it's like it doesn't mean that all of the micro brands are like there are micro brands that you shouldn't really sleep on or you know you shouldn't turn your nose up at and that sort of stuff and and i think the micro brands are doing a lot more now and i want to kind of be a part of moving that forward you know mm-hmm so, so with that in mind, one of the things I think a lot of micro brands think about is uh, how can I pitch this thing that I'm doing in terms of robustness and reliability? One of the best things about a micro brand is it's either got an NH or a Miyota or whatever. You've introduced a component to this watch that I think might give some people some pause. Um mm and which is which is replaceability repairability do do you have a plan in place for how to address these things three to eight years from now when inevitable failures happen yeah i mean the um that's kind of one of the the reasons why i wanted to pick a movement like miyota that was easily serviceable and and easily replaced um like the miyota movement itself is is doing pretty much all the heavy lifting right so if there are any actual movement related issues timekeeping issues a lot of it is going to be down to that movement which you know you can swap out and that sort of stuff the module can come off completely in a way it's so it's just a case of if the module is the thing that's causing the issue that can simply just be replaced so those things can be sent out in the same way like uh, and a replacement sapphire glass can be sent out or a new crown and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not as worried about it because the, like I said, the simplicity of the module makes it easy to do that. So you keep saying module and, and maybe I'm just understanding. 
or the, the your whole GMT functionality and your dual date discs is just a module plopped on top of the Miyota. Essentially, yeah. Okay, that's far simpler than I was imagining during the first yeah, yeah. explanation <laughs> yeah. of it. Okay. Obviously, it's it's locking into kind right. of the 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 pinion the mm -hmm. the mechanism of the watch itself. But essentially, it's you've got the say the Miyota movement at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the module that sits on top, which is just reconfiguring display, and then you've got the dial. So it's just essentially in three parts, which which you know makes the the repair thing a lot simpler, I think, than people are anticipating. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So let's get into some some of the design language specifics here. Um, oh. I, I think that for the instrumentum, one of the things that was immediately apparent, in particular, when you look at the bracelet, uh, hmm. was this inspiration, I'll, I'll call it, um, uh, of a, a, a certain familiarity famous maybe? swiss brand vacheron and and i don't i think we've talked about we talked about it the first time you were here clearly there's some inspiration there i um and it seems like you've carried that through here that same cross design that was was present but but you've done it differently uh fair to say i think that this watch is at least somewhat inspired by the Vacheron overseas Everest, uh, which doesn't look a lot like this watch, but when <laughs> yeah. you, when you dive into these things, it's like, Oh, I, uh, I see some things here. It, uh, again, a question, I suppose. Is it fair to say there's some inspiration there? Yeah. I mean, like if, if I think with the first watch, it was a lot more apparent for people to kind of notice the bracelet, um, because, it was like a, it was kind of one of the only micro brands that was producing a, a new watch that didn't have like an oyster on it, right? right. So it's mm -hmm. like you or a notice jubilee. it straight away, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or a jubilee, or you know, so you notice it straight away. Um, you know, even if the, the the detailing is a little bit different in terms of the thickness of it, you know, there's no polished edges like you would find on on the Swiss brand, and and uh, you know, aesthetically it it looks very different and the cost is extremely different right so mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know what overseas start at but it's like five digits yeah yeah it's yeah so so that that was the main thing but nobody ever really said that the head of the watch looked like that because it doesn't right it yeah there's no exactly right there's no so drop in my head it's like okay like i knew where i was taking the second watch is kind of uh you know, in terms of simplifying and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'd always had the intention to have the bracelet as something that only the kind of the people who bought the first watch would be able to use, but I wanted it to have that cross compatibility. So people could take the bracelet and put it on this watch. So if you take the bracelet and you put it on this watch, then it does have more of those cues, right? But if you look at this watch and you remove the colorway, it's, not really like the Everest. Not even a little bit. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no there's like if, there's no visual comparison. Yeah. But psychologically, like it takes you there. Yeah. Right. Like I'm I'd be lying if I if I was saying that like the Everest isn't a watch that fits within the taste that I like. It's definitely a watch that 
you know, if I had all the money in the world, it'd be something that I would I would want to own because it's it's an amazing looking watch. Amazing watch. You, yeah, that, that's almost take, unobtainium, by the way. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. You um, even if you can afford them, you can't find them. Exactly. So if if you take any of the individual components of the Alterum, like if you take the case and look at it side by side, you take the dial, or you take the hands, or you take the crown, it's not. There are no other cues other than the fact that the color resembles it, but because like even the lugs don't look like their lugs, nope. but psychologically it takes you there, right? Yeah. Um, and so like it for me it was like if I to to like I'm not I'm not that much of a, a kind of um into color in, in the same I'm not that playful with color and I don't always know what the best colors are, but I knew I wanted to do something other than than a, a black dial like the black dial was always going to happen and and like there's there's kind of a thought process to why there's a blue gmt hand and all that sort of stuff but then to do something that's not too out there but something that is still going to be very appealing i was like this is the this is the color like this is exactly where it needs to be and i knew that it would be polarizing enough for people to be like want to talk about it but if they don't kind of like really look closely at all the individual things they're going to miss out on on actually where some of the real inspirations are for the watch that is what drove me to to design say the date hand the way that it's designed you know you, you you've talked about um you've talked a little bit about colors the taking a look at your Instagram page and even for the benefit of the folks at home we're looking at a split screen on Zoom. <laughs> yes. We've got Andrew and I in a very warmly lit room. There's like a, a brown filing cabinet and a green plant and terracotta. And like I'm wearing a, you know, we've got reds and I'm, I'm wearing an pinks. Artemis logoed shirt. Um, and then you go to the other side. I was and- pretty sure you were in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> it's very coolly very cool lighting you're wearing black um black you've you know there's just you've got a, an aesthetic which is very cool colors your your pictures have all been color graded to be cool very black and white some blues how important is that how important is that color grading to your brand and um, is that, is that something that's going to continue to feature in not just your marketing, but your, your products? Yeah, I think a hundred percent because, you know, the, the inception of all the watches and, and the color choices really boiled down to like, am I going to wear it? Right. Like I won't make a watch that I don't want to wear. And I, and, and I think like, yeah, I will get more playful with color. You know, there's there's limited editions that I have in my mind that I would like to do that are a little bit more adventurous, but also like they're not going to be a part of kind of the core kind of array of watches that are available. Um, and therefore, you can take a little bit more of a risk because, you know, you're not making you know hundreds of them or thousands of them or whatever. So, but in terms of like the brand identity being cool tone grays black and whites quite minimal i think that's gonna be just consistent throughout because that's very much that's my my identity in in the same way like if you look at my wardrobe it's mo- it's mostly the same kind of colors with odd few pieces that are a little bit more 
you know, bold, but, you know, that's from a lot of uh, hard work and effort from my wife to ensure that there are some <laughs> other pieces in my life. So, and and they're yeah. primarily Halloween costumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, a yellow yeah, GMT they, hand is out there because you're already working with uh, an interesting medium in the way of titanium. Yeah. And are you yeah, going mean, to stick with that? Is titanium, titanium? the... Is that uh, the brand material? I'd say, I'd say like in the beginning, it wasn't supposed to be like it was, it was going to be a feature, but it wasn't going to be like synonymous. But after the response of the first watch and it, it speaking to, to people who'd found the brand and decided to purchase like their Google search was titanium watch. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. I, I was kind of like, it was becoming a bit more synonymous with the brand. So I thought to myself, well, I like, I like using the metal. Like I like the way that it looks. I like the finish on it. And it's not that the, the outcome is not completely like, it's not sandblasted. Like what, what you would imagine. There is a brushing element to the watch that doesn't look too kind of one tone, like a lot of titanium watches. So I, I really like the way that it looks. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna stick with it. Um, I have another. I had been experimenting with a separate case, uh, which I'm, 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 I'd mentioned on 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 some other interviews um, for like a dress watch, which um, it's still not ready. It's nowhere near ready. But I had experimented using both titanium and steel. So I don't think that I would go to just steel completely. There will always be titanium elements in it. Um, but that's kind of like where it could go um, outside of just using titanium. I think a titanium dress watch would be so baller. Yeah. Well, the thing that the thing with the the titanium and steel one that I was working with is that they age differently, mm-hmm. right? So, like over time, the titanium gets darker, so you the watch becomes more two toned over time. Um, that's and that's so a terrific like, idea. Yeah. Yeah, it, it 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 the the way that it looks is you know I was really happy with it. Like the only thing that you know needs a lot more time is is the dial. The dial's just not there. I can't really. I'm I struggled to design a dress watch the way that it like the way the dial looks. So I needed a lot more time to kind of put that together. So that probably won't show its head for quite a while. Yeah, you've got this really interesting combination of sort of technical engineered feel with the organic curves in your markers. So yeah, mm-hmm. it might, that that's a, that's a, a, a bite to chew for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's, and like legibility and loom is such a big part of it. And those aren't things that are, you know, a, a dress watch doesn't need that or like wants that. So Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a different challenge for sure. So yes. I might do it as like a a special, as like a special release, like you know, for for the tool watch guy that goes to a a fancy dinner every once in a blue moon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And make sure it only has like five meters of water resistance. So you have the most oh no, durable, you can't do that. You have the most durable metal case that just you don't even <laughs> don't even cry when you're looking at it because yeah. it'll fog. Yeah. <laughs> It says WR on the dial. <laughs> just one. With a question one, mark. Resist. Yeah. Resist. Yeah. Just resist. Yeah. Well, what else you got cooking? So so we've got we've got the Alterum here, which is a, a super cool GMT release. 
Alterum. Alterum. I can't, I don't know how to say it. As an, you, you gave us like seven pronunciation options. Yeah, we asked and, Ken how to pronounce it. And he was like, anything from Alterum to Alterum to Alterum. And none of them, and like, <laughs> none of them sound Ken. right when I yeah, say no it. Yeah, no shit. We know. Uh, what else you got cooking? So we, we're talking a dress watch that's way out there in the future. Um, I think because th- this is the first one that's going to be like a, a part of the like the mainstay. Um, so I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to kind of explore this a little bit more in terms of iterations. And, and I think that it, you know, with it having a subdial and indicators, there's a lot more room to play, um, with color. So, you know, I want to try and try and do that. Um, the instrumentum series is gonna like this instrumentum design language. Again, it's very much a part of the brand. So the instrumentum kind of series will as this is, it will kind of continue to grow into other complications, maybe other modules, maybe other uh, modified things. Um, maybe take this and merge it with something that is a little bit more conventional um, to have like standardized lugs and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't have any kind of set plan for for what the next thing is. I just know that like, It'll probably be titanium or have titanium elements. Um, I'll probably still be trying to bring something to kind of the affordable price category that doesn't exist at that price category. Um, and it's going to have probably the same type of like marker hand layout, which is obviously the the connected markers with like the sword lance. Mm. Uh, hand design. <laughs> that's what we're going. That's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, for, for lack of a better word, I don't really know what to to call them. But yeah, they're kind of like sword hands, but one of them is not. So. Yeah, yeah, right. Like a spade sword. Yeah. You, you know, you yeah, you yeah. talked a little bit about your integrated lugs, and w- one of the things Andrew and I picked up on when we talked about this last week was that although the Alterum is not being released with a bracelet it is compatible with the Instrumentum bracelet. And it, it, it occurred to me hearing you talk about this today that that is intended to be a reward to th- that's sort of an Easter egg for your existing customers. And, and it's not the only way you've done that. You've also, I understand, opened up a bit of a catalog of the Alterum releases to existing customers. How important is that aspect to what you're doing here? And and how are you how are you carrying that out both in those ways, but perhaps other ways? Um, like for me, I think, you know, from the very beginning, it's like even the design, the process that went into the design is is about wearing experience, right? And, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to communicate with all the people that bought the instrumentum and I talked to a lot of the the customers regularly and so like it it really meant a lot for me to be able to have people kind of believe in me believe in the idea support it and 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 back it and and be on board with it so from day one I was always thinking of the best way that I could kind of uh, thank them for that as we grow so brand loyalty is you know it means means the world to me so creating this watch that has that compatibility, but then those people have something that is 
unique and exclusive and you're going to see when you see someone who has the altar room on the bracelet you're going to know that they were there from the beginning like yeah OG. there's a lot more ex- yeah there's a lot more exposure with this one going out so you're going to be able to identify those things um will there ever be an opportunity from- for those of us who uh who who let you down maybe or or didn't <laughs> jump on like when when will we stop being punished for not being on the first wave? <laughs> um, there, there there will be there will be uh, bracelet options further down the line most likely because you know um, I, I don't want to to shut that door completely but at the same time I also need to improve it right like. In the same way, I've improved the the head of the 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 watch this time around. The bracelet needs to go through the same type of refinement and improvement, and same with the clasp and and on all that sort of stuff. So, if I could introduce quick release to that and all that sort of thing, there's 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 lots of things that would need to go into it first. Um, but yeah, it's it's creating and uh, that wearing experience that benefits the user as they grow with the brand or grow using the products so i wanted to create uh essentially like a private kind of like a private members club in a way but it's it's less about a group of people that all wear the watch and can talk to each other about or watch and more about they have access to areas of the brand that can evolve that wearing experience for them and Mm -hmm. and grow that wearing experience for them and that is eventually going to grow into other things whether that be events or customization and all that sort of stuff so I started this thing called the Armory, um, and the Armory is essentially just a way for me to to communicate with existing customers to begin with. Um, but with the Ultram launch, it's the first time that it's gonna actually have some real kind of choice to the the the, the customer. They have some kind of power over how they want to take this next step with us. So I created two other colorways that were that are not a part of the kind of general release and they're kind of they're made to order. So, you know, if five people from the existing customer base order it, there will only be five of that color made. And then that's it. So we did two colors, which is the the stealth upgrade and the vision upgrade. Um, stealth is uh, black on black. So black Cerakoted titanium case. Uh, black dial variant uh, with a black strap and then the second one is vision and vision is a, a white dial with a black sub dial a white strap with a you know the normal titanium case um, and these are essentially just for for the period that this was opened made to order um, there's no limited number so that limited number could be as low as 10 or as high as the total number of existing customers right so um, so yeah, That's it's cool. terrific. It's terrific. Uh, there's going to be Arkin bracelets only parties. <laughs> you got to like show your Arkin bracelets. It's like a band or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Free drinks. Uh, and are there, are there photos circulating of these yet? Um, there's not photos circulating kind of in the press. Um, mm. the existing customers have, have already kind of placed their, placed their orders on them. Um, <clears throat> But so that's some enough, hypey. Like, that's some hypey shit, man. How, how many yeah, is it, Eric? Yeah. How many of these is Eric getting both of them over at Ratios? He's gonna, he's not getting both of them. I'm gonna have but to. They're hit not this allowed guy to up. have both of them because it would make it less exclusive, I guess. Fair enough. Um, you wouldn't let people buy two. 
No, they can buy two, but they can't buy both the exclusives because it's kind of like they might wave it in other people's faces. I don't want you that. You should if you have both the exclusives. <laughs> like, I own all the moon swatches. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I can't do what, what the moon swatch is doing, you know? So No, you're I doing can, better because it's a secret menu. That will be the <laughs> pinnacle of Arkan fandom is to acquire both. Yeah, I mean, the thing and is, it will bracelet. come from, from acquiring them from other people as well, right? Like, it will come from from communicating with other owners and, and, and doing that sort of thing. So, but yeah, the, the funnily enough, from, from most of the actual existing customers that, that play, put a reservation already, because allow, I've allowed them to, to essentially um, place the order beforehand because I, so that they have the opportunity to, to get it. Most of most most people want the gray one anyway. <laughs> like the stealth. They yeah, no no no. They mm. want the the anthracite gray from oh, the general it, release. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the there are there are orders of both stealth and vision, but there's not that many if you compare them to the gray. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot more grays about. The stealth sounds dope. You're gonna have to send me a a, a picture of the vision because that that's the one here in your description. It sounds sexy to me. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll show you I'll show you the I'll give you the I'll give you a temporary armory password so you can have a little look at them. The it's only temporary. He's not even gonna let us have access. Yeah, fantastic. yeah, just like you get but, twelve minutes. That's right. There's yeah. Uh, then it times out. There is no special access here, folks. Just so you know. Yeah, it's uh, pay per view. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, Ken, that's great. So, uh, I think we're just about about out of time to talk about the Alterum release, uh, but some important details. Uh, pre-orders go live on July 1st. Yep. And it, you, these are not limited, so you, if you order one, you'll get it, correct? Um, it's not limited, but it is done in a, in a batch run. Um, okay. So the first batch is, you know, there are only, uh, say, 200 of each color. Um, but then once I fulfill those, that, that batch, then I will open it up again and, and do it in batches. Um, just because like, I don't know what the demand is going to be like. I don't want to have people having to wait, like put their money down and then wait like for the second batch if they, if it gets that far, um, which it could be however further down the line, you know, so I'm just going to do it in stages and take my time with it. But yeah, it's not it's not limited in number, um, but they might have to wait if they miss out on the first day. Well, and, and so importantly, there is already a six month flash to bang for expected delivery for the yeah. first batch. Right. Yeah. So that's something noteworthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get in on the first batch or it could be longer. Yeah, because the 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 modules are you know they're gonna take they take a lot longer to to produce. Like we've already began like uh, some of the manufacturing already, um, just to kind of get a head start because mm -hmm. of things that are aesthetic things that need a lot more kind of say QC from me. Mm. Uh, you know, we've tried to get a jump start on those sorts of things, but the movement you know takes takes longer. So we tried our best to to bring it down as, as much as possible, but yeah. Best place to order these is at Arkin.uk. Yep, Arkin.uk. Um, if you sign up to the newsletter on the on the homepage, um, kind of like with a week to go, uh, the time the time of release will go out in obviously the different time zones and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's July one. 
what uh, have you have you announced a time like so we can set an alarm ahead of time um, i haven't announced the time yet the okay. time is going to go out on the newsletter okay. i have got a time but it's going to go through the kind of the, the system of yeah so go to the website get signed up for the newsletter to get live releases arkin.uk ken's in the uk if you guys didn't know if you couldn't yeah. tell if you yeah. couldn't tell uh <laughs> and, and and so just thank you ken for recording with us very early in the morning we appreciate it i think we're just about out of time anything else you want to say about watches or your watches before we shift over here um no just um just just thank you for for giving me the your platform to kind of speak about the watch and thanks to your listeners because you know a lot of them supported it when we first launched and just yeah just thank you because i'm really grateful to be able to come back and do a second watch and hopefully do a third one and, and a fourth one so well and, th and thank you for coming on to the show again what what a great opportunity to be able to catch up with you and hear about hear about where you're coming where you're going and also let you know that we're not ghosting you on purpose <laughs> Yeah. Thank, you, the, thank the, you for thank you for that uh, yeah. clarification and thank you for <laughs> having me. The accidental ghosting. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. <clears throat> other things. What you got? I got another thing. I hope you do. We in America, I don't know if this is the case in the UK, but almost everyone has a bottle of Frank's Red Hot in their fridge, right? You uh, have yeah. Yeah. I bottle? keep it in I keep it in the cupboard. Was it open? Yeah. Okay. In Do the you, cupboard. Are you are you familiar with Frank's Red Hot? Yeah, yeah. They get they give them out. They give like little pots out free with with one of our pizza chains that are based here. So in my fridge, I've just got like loads of little, you know, like you know, like a chicken nugget pots. Yeah. Like yeah. I know what you're yeah. talking it's about. It's like that, but but red hot. And That's I've got a bunch of them. Magical. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want that. Okay. <laughs> so I I like Frank's Red Hot a lot. But I like buffalo sauce better. Frank's Red Hat is buffalo sauce, you're wrong. isn't it? You're wrong. Okay, explain. You're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Because proper buffalo sauce has got butter. Mm -hmm. It's got a little bit more vinegar. And it's got a little bit more punch to it. A little more cayenne. So what I recently started doing, like in the last couple months, is I started, uh, I, I got like a... Chinese takeout or like Indian takeout, one of those clear plastic tubs sure. for a soup. Yeah, yeah, sure. I know what you're talking about. And I made buffalo sauce. I took Frank's Red Hot, I put it in a pot, mixed in some extra vinegar, whole stick of butter, extra cayenne, just a little extra zhuzh you zhuzhed to, it. To, to ass you it up, right? To make it, to make it proper buffalo sauce. And then I started storing that in my fridge in the soup container. And I got to tell you, it is head and shoulders above just the bottle of Frank's. Because everyone just like takes Frank's and they're like, oh, I'll make a chicken, like a buffalo chicken salad wrap or something like that. And they splash some Frank's on it and it's like, oh, whatever. But you do it with buffalo sauce and the game is changed. And it takes 12 minutes of effort. For your whole bottle of Franks. And then it's just there, just like your Franks. You, you know, if you, if you might have to melt it because it's got butter in it. I will never have Franks out of the bottle again. 
You're, you're just going to use your it's so much takeout container. Of better in your takeout container. Franks. I got to say, it takes no effort. It is so much more delicious. If you're just using Franks, you're doing it wrong. It takes no effort. Are you going to post uh, the recipe on the show notes? I'll, I'll post a recipe for it. It's from all recipes. Fantastic. But I don't follow the recipe. I just use the bottle of Frank's, a stick of butter, some vinegar. That's some what you need to post. Put that in the show notes. Put the just recipe. The, just the video of me doing that? No, just write the words. I'm not going to do that. I thought, I thought you were going to say you were going you, you were gonna to make soup using Frank's. I thought Ooh, that's where it was. It's not a terrible a idea. Soup. Buffalo chicken soup would be delightful. It's not like a chicken noodle with a Frank's base. Mm. You're onto something. This is it. I have a project next weekend. <laughs> Buffalo chicken noodle. Holy shit. Oh. You could use those Korean noodles as well. So it like really sticks to it. Yeah. The the big fat ones. Yeah. The big fat Korean yeah, noodles. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was thinking like fat, like like uh, stroganoff egg noodles. Oh, that would that would do too. Oh, Ooh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you got to make it. You almost make it like a stroganoff. I'm going to put you in charge. Okay. I have a project. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Buffalo chicken stroking off. That's. Hey, Uh-oh. Andrew, I've got another thing. Do me. I. So talked about the escapades, the baseball coaching escapades on the show a couple times here. I um, have been working with, with West a lot on baseball. We, we play catch. I bought gloves, you know, so it's been a whole thing. It's been a really fun it's, I love getting a new thing that I get to buy stuff for, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know me. You love to buy stuff. I want to just buy stuff. Get, give me a new task where I can buy fun stuff. So I, in playing and just working out with West, decided I need a fungo bat. A fungo bat is a specific type of bat. So they're very easy to swing, very easy to make contact with. They're typically longer the way the weight distributed is made for you to you know toss the ball up with your left hand take a cut with your right hand and be able to place the ball in specific places so i can hit pop-ups relatively easy i can hit grounders relatively easy they sell fungo bats you can go to dick's sporting goods or to amazon and buy a fungo bat but i was like you know i kind of want to get a cool fungo bat uh, because this is, uh, this is a neat thing. This is kind of like watches where you can go to Myron Frank or <laughs> Macy's. That's not even real anymore. Or, okay, fair enough. You can go to Macy's or does Gottschalk still exist? Whatever. Department <laughs> store of your choice and buy a watch. Or We're so you, old. you can do a little research. Sears. Sears. You can spend some time and buy something that's cool. For probably not a lot more money, but just a little bit of thoughtfulness. So I found this company called Richie with a T. Richie. Richie makes bats amongst amongst other things. They're gorgeous. They're and like they, hang on your wall, gorgeous. Like oh, I wouldn't want to knock a ball with this. Cor- correct. These things are totally totally stunning and you can customize it in terms of length in terms of the knob 
You can get the knob you want. You can pick your <laughs> barrel color. You can pick your handle color. And oftentimes you do something like this. Someone pulls something off a shelf and they ship it to you. You get a shipping notification or like, we've got your order. We'll let you know when it ships. The notification you get when you order a Richie bat is production on your bat is underway. So what they do is they take a blank and, and they make your bat from scratch. And a dude hits a hits a turning wheel and starts chiseling it out. To your specifications. Um this is some weird stuff when you order it like you can get a Bible scripture That's and just a nothing else engraved. What is that? Um, I'm curious what that is. Which I was like, okay. It says, look, look at this. It says, free scripture engraving. Oh, Philippians 4.13 is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's For example, if just the scripture reference is typed, just the reference will be engraved. If you want the full scripture engraved, it must be written out as you want it. Anything other than scripture will not be engraved. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Richie, we get it. Put uh, in, put in there something like grotesque and just see if they even fulfill your order. Dicks! Uh, <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> what's the name of the what's the name of the gal that Bud Light got in trouble for? Anyway, I um I didn't order a Bible scripture, but I did order a Richie bat. It took about four weeks from the day I ordered it to the day I got it. That's a good turnaround. Which is pretty good. And this thing is rad. It is so freaking cool. Um, it's a fungo bat. So if you've ever swung a fungo bat, you know it's that's all it is. It's a 35-inch fungo bat. Um what's the difference between a right-handed wrap and a left-handed wrap on a fungo bat? Well, I think it's the it, it's the, the the directionality of the wrap. That's right. So that's if it. you're okay. if you're coming this way, if you're mm -hmm. coming in a right-handed swing, it's gonna torque against your hands versus anyway um yeah it's it's beautiful it's lovely i've only hit like a handful of balls with it thus far we've just picked back up into summer league so Both of them are mine. it's gonna get <laughs> it's gonna get some more use here in the next couple of weeks but i got it in our team colors it's pretty cool i'm, I'm yeah, you can't you can't move now you're like locked into this house it, yeah well i i mean we're locked in anyway so <laughs> Uh, but it, I'm pretty excited to get it to get it swinging at, at practice. It's it's a it's really dope. Yeah, if you're looking for a fungo bat, or you need a dad bat, or you just want something cool, check out Richie Bats. R I T C H R I T C H I E. Yes, Richie Bats. There'll be a link in the show notes. Check it out. It seems like a pretty cool company made here in the United States by a pair of hands. After you click the pay now button. Pretty neat. Yeah, I'm sure that guy's sitting on a wheel, man. Just, just churning it out. Ken, you got another thing? I do. Do me. I do. I do. <laughs> yes, I will. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we, we basically, before I kind of used to spend, well, before I spent all my money on watches, um, I used to spend my money on on trainers or sneakers right yeah um, yeah yeah and we, we we talked me. about yeah we talked about this a, a, a little bit kind of last time because you dug into my my history and my mm -hmm. my f formal education and, and such um 
as and as so, we do as we do from time to time. Hot yes, takes. That's, so, that's what we're known for. <laughs> uh, very unlike me, which uh, so I'm 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 recommending a book, um, which is you know it's it's not like me. I'm not a I'm not a particularly big reader, um, but. Basically, when I got back from, so I went to I went to Geneva around the time of Watches and Wonders, and when I got back, and you just casually had, ran into James Stacy. Oh yeah, that was that's a whole that's a whole other story. But yeah, he was in the canteen. Um, I went to go visit Sin because I wanted to have a look at Zin's new titanium watches. Um, and as I was leaving, he was just setting up. So, but yeah, that's a that's a a story a for another story. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so when I got back, my, my wife had, had, uh, picked up shoe dog. I'm, I'm not sure whether either of you guys have talked about this on the pod before. I did a quick check to see if it had come up, but I don't think it had. I thought shoe dog? Yeah, yeah. Might, have, might have read it. Oh, um, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, um, funnily enough, I'd, I'd never, I'd never read it. Like I'd seen, I'd always seen it in like lifestyle streetwear stores or you see it in a, in a sneaker shop and and a lot of people kind of recommend it and stuff but i'd never really read it even though i've always been a big fan of nike um and obviously that's kind of like your origin of where you guys are at mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah so i i started reading it and funnily enough it's one of those books that i kind of would like to recommend it to anybody who's looking to start their own thing because like as i was reading it i started to realize that like this you know they're not they're not direct comparisons but there's so many parallels between kind of the things that he went through and the motivations behind him wanting to do his own thing speaking of speaking of phil knight the the founder of nike who started his shoe company from the Trunk of his car with a trunk waffle iron. Trunk of his car yeah. and a waffle iron here in yeah. Eugene, Oregon, where we sit today. Yeah. So, so like his his kind of story, and uh, I think it's just that there's a great kind of there's a lot of lessons to learn, and I think when you're creating something for yourself and and you're going through those different processes, and you can feel quite alone sometimes in in you know whether you're doing the right thing or whether you're if are you are you supposed to make this mistake or where are you supposed to go from here and is it (laughs) like i should be doing better in this position right like and when you're kind of reading his ups and downs from when he first started and kind of how he kind of winged it in the same way a lot of people have to wing it in the beginning um there's just a nice it's it's a nice read and, and i definitely would recommend it to anyone who you know like i said is is looking to start their own thing or has desires to start their own thing or just wants to feel like they're doing more um and yeah it's just it's it, it was it was really easy to read like like i said i'm not a big kind of reader um i don't i don't kind of sit down and read a book that often um but this one was like you know it was it was, it was nice it's it's a it's a great pick, and I'm glad you brought it. You, you know, I I feel like we we could have an entire podcast about Phil Knight. So so mm-hmm. being in Eugene for as long as Andrew and I have, and and maybe in less, yeah, I mean, m- maybe less so in Portland though. There's something about Eugene. So mm-hmm. Eugene, nicknamed Tracktown USA, in many ways was was created by Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman, perhaps. Right. 
that culture of whatever it is, whatever magic exists here that facilitates that that connotation. It's Uncle Phil. It's it's him still pouring money into it to keep the dream alive. <laughs> if you say Uncle Phil in Eugene, everybody knows exactly who you're talking about because he is the benefit or he is the uh, the donor, and we are the beneficiaries of this obscene amount of money. Um, and being students at U of O, you almost can't escape. There's some of these things that are that are borderline legend. But but what I will say about Phil Knight is he's a fucking weirdo. He is a legitimately weird dude. And not a... As is everyone else who is self-made to that level. No, I don't think that's right. So uh, there, uh, there's something about what he did that worked, notwithstanding the fact that he shouldn't. And I think that that's what you're tapping into, Ken. Like, he had ideas, he had thoughts, but he was super enigmatic, I think is the nicest way to put it. Legitimately a weird dude. And we talked about this when we had Mike Demartini on the show a little bit, but the movie Air, Mm -hmm. which is the story of Sonny Vaccaro signing Michael Jordan. I mean, at the time, Nike was the biggest company in running shoes in the in america but they were not a basketball company and and anybody who's under the age of about 35 might be shocked to learn that right (laughs) but there was this time when nike and you see matt damon and ben affleck do such a good job in that movie i think um I, I've never met either of those people, Sonny Vaccaro or or Phil Knight, but I've met other people. Or who, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. I've met other people who have been heavily involved in Nike, and there was this thing that was happening in the late 80s and early 90s at Nike, which was kind of unprecedented uh, and which was weird and didn't make any sense. And that movie aired does such a good job with it. Um, really a terrific story. And, and to your point, Ken, I, I think the bigger picture is, Whatever it is you're trying to do, just remember to be confident and remember to do it the way you want to do it and to go get your guy or or go get your your shoe or whatever it is and just go. F- go fucking do it. Just <laughs> d- just do it. <laughs> <clears throat> In any event. Yeah. Great. Great pick. I have not read Shoe Dog and, and it's it, it's. Oh, you should. I, you I really should. do need I think to. Yeah. Even if even if like from obviously starting foster and stuff like having just the conclusions he gets to why he makes certain decisions at the early stage you'll you you'll you'll kind of read it and be like oh yeah there's some parallels to it regardless of what business you start or or whatever there's those things but then also on the other side which i think i also connected with is like bill bill bowman like he's like in his garage like like pouring like polyurethane before it's polyurethane like into like an actual waffle cooker like actual mm-hmm. waffle iron pour it yeah an, an actual waffle iron he's like pour it he it, like he's he's breaking waffle irons by the dozen because he's trying to pour plastic and rubber resins into this thing and like it's that mentality of like okay like that I'll find a way or make one mentality which mm-hmm. which is what got me to to where I started so I kind of just had like I was I was reading it I was like you know he traveled at this age and he did this and when he goes to these different countries I'm like oh yeah I I I ate some dodgy food at this country too you know it's like you're kind of going through <laughs> the same uh, 
like worldly kind of perspective thing as as a young person and then kind of reaching that conclusion that you know the day job isn't really satisfying that desire to kind of see the world or or do more or create or you know in his case run and and create a lifestyle culture that was built around the things that he loved um so yeah i just i just think it's it's one of those books that even if you're not like a, a sneakerhead or or a shoe dog or or anyone who's ever been obsessed with something to the point where like they would think about it being like i'd love to do that for a job this is one of those books that i think you should read so i love it hey ken i want to thank you for coming on it, you at home if you want to check out arkin and you want to check out the new alterum you can do that at arkin alterum what'd i say you said alterum i i heard ken say alterum God, i hate you so much do you do you guys watch brooklyn 99 I've watched it just recently. Like I just finished oh, the series okay. again. Yeah. Because every time we say Ultra Room, I'm thinking like Nikolaj. You know? <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> I'm thinking like he's like Nikolaj. You know, like Nikolaj. No, it's Nikolaj. It's Nikolaj. I don't like your guys' emphasis. <laughs> if you want to check out the Alterum, you can do that at Arkin dot uk. Also, you can you can check out what's happening, what's new with Arkin Watch. Co- with Arkin at Arkin Watch Co on Instagram. Check it out, you guys. This is really cool. It's a cool release. We're all pumped for it. I love the fact that you're using the 9015, notwithstanding the 9075 release. Yeah, uh, Andrew, I don't want it. Anything you want to add before we get going for the day? I'm out of things, man. Hey, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do me a favor, you can check Arkin Watches out at arkin.uk or Arkin Watch at Arkin Watch Co on Instagram. You can check us out at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker. That's important. It's the new page. And at, at watch clicker on the Instagram. Check us out on our website, watchclicker.com. That's where we post every single episode of this podcast, as well as articles, reviews. Oh, check out Frank's Ooh. new tips and review it's not a review it's like nothing you've ever read watchclicker.com check that article out it is fantastic if you want to support us you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20 it's how we get all the money to host this stuff and it's a lot you guys picture hosting look at frank's pictures each one of those is like 855 megabits uh you can support us at patreon dot com slash 40 and 20 we need your support we love you guys we know you love us just give us a couple bucks a month it'd be great and don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye